Blog Talk Radio. Know that someone's loving you 
No matter how you say it, it only matters what you do. Each day, please take the time to tell someone that I love you. Keep on coming. And don't they? We almost at 70 shows. Well, well, well past 60. We come, we creeping up on 70 shows. You know, you know, steady. What did they say? Slow and steady wins the race, man. Slow and steady wins the race. So we can ready to have so much fun tonight and just, just, just moving along because the train has left the station. I definitely want you to know that we are not playing around with it whatsoever and this is going to be a lot of fun tonight it's going to be a lot of fun a lot of information passed out a lot of lot of lot of very serious but with some lightness of heart are going to be handled tonight and i'm i'm just hoping i'm just hoping that everybody is ready because it's just going to be fun 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 so um last two weeks ago we had a show, and it was what is symptometry, and it was all about personal experiences with symptometry. My personal experiences, my journey, my testimonial, as well as the testimonies of my esteemed panel, the founder of symptometry, um, Dr. Abbott, as well as Dr. Weinick. Well, I made a boo-boo 
two weeks ago in setting up the show and some slight oversight on my part, I did not schedule schedule the show for its regularly scheduled length of time, and we didn't jump into the um, we didn't get to stay as long. And Dr. Weinick was bringing her piece and her demonstration and <clears throat> her story surrounding symptometry and her background. And Blog Talk just rudely cut her off. I mean, just 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 it was just rude all the way around. So I said tonight I have to make sure I fix that and allow her tonight. She's going to come in and just start off and just rock with me right off the gate. Um, and we're going to combine it. Once again, I'm always, I'm always trying to be creative, you know, in the, my own personal sense, but also in the sense of, you know, symptometry and and just just how we rock over here period i have i'm always a lot of people say what are these you know where do you get the topics of the shows well i love to do things that are popular and a lot of times i look at the social networks that i am involved with to see what's hot what's hot what is everybody talking about and I had a sort of a thread going on my page um, earlier this week about, um, like, where do vegetarians come from? And we got into some, some very good conversations, and I didn't want people to come, continually think that we are downing vegetarians. So tonight's show came about as being what? Is symptometry the new vegan vegetarian diet? Oh, my goodness. Is symptometry the new vegan or vegetarian diet? Now, me personally, if you know me, you need to read in between the lines. It's important for you to read in between the lines now because it may look like I'm saying one thing or asking something else, but I go a little deeper so I want you to come and go a little deeper with me as well tonight because this title comes out of when I personally experimented with vegetarianism and the vegan diet or lifestyle, it started with curiosity because I felt like there was an upgrade to what I was doing, okay? So I knew early on someone said something up to me about eating pork. And when I start, stopped eating pork, I started feeling better, and I could tell a little bit of difference. And then I went years without eating it, and then I could, if it was in some food that I had bought or tasted, I could just immediately tell, like, oh, my God, it's got pork in it. And I would have, I wouldn't have any reaction. I need to go to the hospital, like an allergic reaction to nuts or something. But I knew that I had upgraded when I stopped eating pork. And the vegetarians that I knew at this time were letting me know that the vegetarian diet and lifestyle was an upgrade 
it's the new it's the new thing to do. It's the new end thing to do. And I said, you know, let me try it. And once I did that, I was exposed to all types of information like, you know, don't eat dairy, don't eat cheese, da 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 you know, I didn't know there was a difference between a vegan and a vegetarian. And I'm still learning. And but when I came across symptometry, it was another upgrade. And I knew personally vegetarians who had been long-term vegetarians who were now using the symptometry diet and lifestyle, scientific eating, scientific way of life, um, nourishing the cells, nourishing the genes, you know, really cleaning up the DNA, cleaning up the blood, ionizing, all these words that I had never heard before surrounding diet were now being used. And now I'm hearing other vegetarians use these words. I was at a lecture and I heard Minister Inky talking about ionization and cleaning up the blood. And I was like, is he, has he been listening to the symptometry shows? I'm assuming he has. I'm not sure. But he told me, he said, oh, I've, I've heard of symptometry. And I said, well, what other vegetarians are talking about ionizing the blood? Who's, who's, who's talking like that? Who's talking about cell nutrition outside of symptometry? And so the title for tonight's show goes, is this, is symptometry the new vegan or vegetarian diet? And what I mean by that is, is it the future of vegetarians? Because most vegetarians and most vegans saying, hey, I have an advanced diet than your normal meat eater. I'm studying. I have more information. I've got some scientific facts, and that's why I don't eat meat anymore. So when I look at the volumes upon volumes that just I have at the level I'm at, I'm not even at a high level in my studies with symptometry, in my personal experiences, I say, wow, to me, it seems like here's another step up, another upgrade in taking care of me and my body. So that's why I ask, is symptometry the new vegan or vegetarian diet? And I want to talk about it from that angle tonight because of the vegan diet or when vegetarian is still a person, a vegan is still a person, okay? A symptometrist is still a person, a human being, a physical form, a soul, having a, having a physical experience down here on earth with a lot of electromagnetic current flowing through their body. And we want to have optimum flow, all of us, no matter what uh, particular science we're studying, if we're studying at all. And so tonight I want to look at it. Is symptometry the next step? Is it the new diet for vegans and vegetarians? Because I, I, I have quite a lot of vegan and vegetarian friends. This weekend I was at an event and they had, it, was, it was catered by a vegan. And um, I was a little limited on what I would, could, could eat. But I do recall that at every symposium, that, and we're having a symposium May the 6th in Greensboro, North Carolina, coming up here in about six weeks, I have realized that everyone can eat. Even a vegetarian who comes to an event that is a symptometry event, they still can partake of everything there 
without having any type of reactions or any type of harm coming into the body. So what I want to do tonight, because I have to bring her in because she's my ace. She's, she's, like, she's like one of my secret weapons. I just I don't really have to try to bring it out all the time, but tonight we're going to leave the show off because I want to honor her and part of her story that um, if she can include that into our discussion tonight, I want you all to put your hands together for one of my favorite scientists. Um, she's one of my favorite functional medicine doctors as well. She's really the only one I know, so she's got to be my favorite. She's she's definitely my um, she's she's my favorite um, female Vedic astrologer, and she's a and she's a she's a comedian on the low. But she she's re- she's not ready to switch careers yet. But she's I mean just hilarious, and she and I mean when you see her pictures, you just think. Oh my gosh, she's so serious, but she has such a soft side, and she's so down to earth. It's and all conversations are so genuine, and you just get such a great experience talking to her. Please get on your feet and get your hands together for Doctor. It's awesome, baby. Good evening, Doctor. Thank you. Good evening, Coach. Thank you very much. Now you know in Greensboro they have a um they have a comedy night, I think like once a month. So I'm going to um now the first night, me and you're gonna go in and we're gonna wear shades and hats. I don't want anybody to recognize us and we're just gonna scope out the crowd, okay? So I want you to get a nice feel for it and then we're gonna come back the next month and I want you to tear the house down, okay? Just check it up and check it out and then then move it right into the stand up, huh? The second time, the second time we're going to come back. Because, okay. I mean, okay. you you have more material than probably a lot of the comics that are going to be up. So everybody's doing jokes about race. Everybody's doing jokes about sex. Everybody's doing jokes about government. We need some humor and lighten this thing up a little bit from someone who can come up there with a lab coat. I mean, the whole crowd, I can see it. The whole crowd will be like, she has a stethoscope on and a lab coat. You know what? So, I mean, this is going to be funny. I'm going to help you with the material, so I'm going uh, to have fun. But that's a little bit down the road after we do the symposium, because I know you're going to um, – are you working on something now for your presentation for the symposium? I, I am working on something now. It's going to be a very, very deep intellectual um, discussion. But I'll try to I'll try to make it light. I'll try to I'll try to to bring some of that, that that lightness into the the topic. Are you? I mean, I mean, and you made that so vague and so secretive oh. that like I'm leaning forward now. So I mean, do I get a little clue of what we can expect on the sixth at the symposium from Dr. Weinick, or do I have to just uh, have to just come? Oh no, I, I'm going to be talking about nuclear fusion. Nuclear fusion reactions and and why it's important um, to cellular health. Is that <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> now it's going to be some young people there. It's going to be some people there uh-huh. who, who may just only have a bachelor's degree. Um, and you know, Dr. Nardi is big on writing at you know a level where everybody can understand. Have you found that? to be a challenge in preparing even your homework, you know, 
for topics that you really enjoy. Because when I hear nuclear fusion, I want to sit on the front row and push people down. But what about people who haven't heard of nuclear fusion or when they hear the word, I was talking to Dr. Abbott about this, you know, people's memories, we should do a show on memories. And like, if you had a bad experience with a dog, let's say a dog bit your your sister and she cried and just your whole life you were afraid of that dog because it bit your sister. Well, some people have that. They didn't do well in science class. And as soon as they were not required to take any more science, because like, I think after the 10th grade, you don't have to take any more sciences, like unless you want to. And people just say, hey, I got through it. I got all my C's. I had a hard time with science. And then when they start going through life, they have that repressed memory of when I was in high school and when I was in middle school, I didn't do well in science. How do you... Right make people feel comfortable with the subject like nuclear fission and nutrition? Well, what, what I'm going to do is uh, approach it with some basics, just some basic uh, introduction to atoms and the, their structure and how they work, and then weave that in with pictures. I find that because quantum physics is not something we can really see per se. We can see the result of it, but we can't see it in action per se. I find that pictures work really well. So I'm going to have some pictures, maybe some uh, wave files, maybe some uh, GIF files to show, to show how things work. So I, I think... I think, in my experience, if a person can can get a visual, it's it, it helps to connect with um, these words that are hard to understand, but that we see the results of. For instance, the 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 atom bomb that was dropped at Nagasaki and Hiroshima it was it? It's a nuclear fusion reaction. It's the first. Um, it's the first. Uh, use of that reaction uh, in whatever, in common usage. So we've all seen the result of it um, in a negative way, but we're going to talk about it in a positive way. Mm, nice. So maybe some cartoons or maybe some animation, maybe? Yeah, some animations. Mm-hmm. If I can find them. I'm, I'm working diligently to, to find that, the right animations okay okay oh i can just i want to put a camera behind your desk and just watch you <laughs> as you look through the computer for animation i know that sir i know that now see that that's going to be one of our bits that we're going to tell at the comedy night you know the things that you didn't that didn't make the cut <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> things that didn't make the cut so now last week i do want to apologize blog talk I called and I let them hear my mind, even though it was my fault, um, about them cutting you off in mid-sentence about your experiences with symptometry. And I think that if you could, just anywhere, just, you know, give people a little bit about your story um, with symptometry, where um, Dr. Elizabeth Wynick comes from, for those who may have missed the show last week. And also, the topic tonight, 
is symptometry, I want to read it exactly like I worded, is symptometry the new vegan vegetarian diet? You know, is it the is it the upgrade for the vegans and the vegetarians based on the my personal assumption that vegans and vegetarians shifted their diet to upgrade from eating meat. So is there yet another upgrade? Because, you know, there's always discoveries. I always use Charles Drew. You know, they didn't have an open heart surgery until Charles Drew said it was possible. They didn't have um, psychiatrists used to use, uh, what's that, bloodletting? They would, like, scalp, like, right across the front of the brain, and they say, well, if you have a mental disorder, you must have some type of demon inside of you, so we're just going to cut you across your forehead and let you bleed out a little bit and let the demon out until we realized that that was, like, one bit out of savagery in the caveman style. You know, we had an extraterrestrial involvement that said stop cutting your own people up or something. So I want you to... You know, let me let the people know a little bit about who Dr. Elizabeth Weinick is, um, you know, what functional medicine was, what led you to symptometry, what are maybe some of the basic differences, you know, between the two, and um, what do you think about tonight's topic? Well, uh, I guess I'll start with uh, the fact that I have an undergraduate degree in chemistry, and um as as part of that also studied physical chemistry just general physics um and biochemistry so i've always had um a general interest in knowing how things work then i went on and finished training as a, a general surgeon a pediatric surgeon and was able then to touch and feel anatomy. When I was about 40 years old, I understood that what I was eating had something to do with how I worked. For 40 years, I had no clue. It was kind of like what you just described, that I thought that my thoughts and my willpower were controlling everything about me. And then I realized that what I ate had an impact on how I worked from an emotional state, a mental state, a physical state, um, a uh, spiritual state. And I segued to functional medicine. And technically the definition of that is to look at the triggers and mediators of disease. Well, as I continue to learn and study functional medicine and, and learn other peripheral, I call it basics, that there's something triggering the trigger and mediator of the disease. So there was even more that I knew than just looking at the triggers and mediators of disease because there's a lot of discussion about um, inflammatory mediators, cytokines, interleukins, histamine, oxidative stress, um, um, nutrient deficiencies as being a mediator of disease, but what caused the nutrient deficiency? What caused the increase in oxidative stress? What caused the upregulation of the the histamine, the cytokines, all those things that we talk about as being inflammatory mediators? 
because now I think everyone understands that inflammation is at the root of all disease. But what is inflammation? Where does inflammation come from? So probably by the mid-2000s in my um, functional medicine practice, I moved on to the dynamics of the cell membrane and how the cell membrane not only controls what's going to either get in or out of the cell, but it's an important part of the messaging that's happening between individual cells everywhere and in organ systems. So I, I was talking about the cell membrane and cell membrane function in my practice for probably 10 years. And every, everybody that I talked to, my colleagues, I would start talking about, about um, fatty acid composition of the cell membrane and the production of what's something called prostaglandins or eicosanoids. These are, these are messenger molecules that are transferring information from either within cells or between cells. And there would just be a glazed look in people's eyes. <laughs> so I heard about symptometry about two years ago, I guess it is now, and for the first time in a while, there was somebody talking more about the details of what literally happens inside the cell and how the cell really works at the level beyond nutrition, beyond the proteins, the carbohydrates, the fats, the um, you know selecting nutrients as opposed to nourishing the cells. And about that time, I was noticing that I'd pick up the phone and I couldn't hear words in my left ear. It was like gobbledygook. I was 55 or 56, I guess, at the time. And it's like, okay, hmm, what's going on here? I guess I can look forward to hearing aids when I'm 65, which wasn't all that um, interesting or exciting to me. But from what I knew at the time, I didn't know there was anything else. But as I learned through symptometry and Dr. Nardi, loss of hearing is related to blockages in the auditory nerve that happens because we're a chemical reactor and chemical reactions create salts, literally crystals form in the body. And salts can be anywhere and it's in different places for different people. Um, and I figured, what the heck? I mean, it, it can't hurt me, so let me just try this and see. So I started ionization for hearing loss and within a couple months, I started to be able to make out words in my left ear. It's like, this is amazing. How is this happening? I mean, I understood the theory and the science of all of it, but to practically apply it and start to hear words again, this is just, it's really still beyond any rational comprehension that I have. Um, so I continued ionization for the hearing, and within about, four to five months, I could pick up the phone and listen to conversation in my left ear, no problem. In fact, my was hearing better than my right ear. So as I had this experience, then I wanted to know more why this was happening. So I began ionization for other things, and 
at the same time, over the course of several years, I was noticing intermittent um, uh, skipping of heartbeats. It's called premature atrial contractions. It's really a benign issue. But over time, those premature atrial contractions can turn into something called atrial flutter or something called atrial fibrillation where the heartbeat is completely discoordinated. And, you know, there, there really, quote, unquote, is no cure for, for these things. People get put on medication to, to control the rhythm and to reduce the, the workload of the heart, but it doesn't cure the rhythm. There's cardioversion where a person is given an electrical shock or what's called cardioablation where the, um, the rogue uh, electrical signals are um, literally burned up, uh, but it doesn't cure the problem. It's like going down a road of symptom relief. And so as I was ionizing for other things, I noticed I don't have any more of those irregular heartbeats anymore. And again, it just propelled me to want to understand more and more and more about curing diseases. Because symptometry is also the first place that I literally heard the word cure for real. Now, I've listened to multiple different, whatever, Internet sites, um, talking about the cure for the common cold or take this to cure Alzheimer's disease or you can take this and cure your cholesterol problems. And ultimately, there's no one talking about gravel and sand and rocks and um, uh, stone formation as being, the, as, as being the root cause of disease. There's no other therapy that addresses the root cause of disease in gravel formation or sand formation, the result of chemical reaction, which if you put acids and bases together, that's how the body is working. It's acid-based chemistry. And if, if you take vinegar which is just a really simple chemistry experiment. If you take vinegar and baking soda and mix it together, you're going to get a white salt in the bottom of the, of the container. That's an acid and base reaction, and it creates salt. It's a simple way to then take that into your body, and if you put acids and bases together, you're going to get salt. And... I guess from my experience, I just am sharing with others the incredible possibility that symptometry brings. How many people um, can cure loss of hearing? Has anybody ever heard that ever happening? How many times has anybody ever heard that atrial fibrillation or atrial flutter can be cured? How many times has anybody ever heard that multiple sclerosis can be cured or muscular dystrophy can be cured? It's not on the Internet anywhere. Maybe people are talking about cure, meaning symptom relief, but functional medicine doesn't offer a cure for severe hearing. It doesn't 
offer a cure for atrial flutter or atrial fibrillation. So you know, we're talking about getting to the root cause of disease, and it's my own experience that, as I said, uh, defies at a certain level my own rational comprehension because, yes, I can't see this happening, but I see the results of it. So, um, you know, it's very exciting. And I would like to impress upon people who are listening that there has to be a very careful analysis of what is being chosen as a therapy for whatever ails somebody. So if a person, for instance, is constipated and they are going to do a colon cleanse or work on getting more fiber in their diet, the presence of a bowel movement doesn't mean that the colon cells are healthy. If a person is, a, is a, a experiencing reflux or heartburn, it doesn't mean that when the heartburn goes away, take, taking apple cider vinegar, that the lining cells of the esophagus or the stomach are healthy. It just means that the symptom went away. So it's very important for people to really think about what therapy is being embarked upon. And I find that it's based on what you said. It's, it's all very confusing because this is, this is scientific principles at its very finest. It's very confusing to people because a lot of science is presented is what's called meta-analysis science or double-blinded randomized placebo-controlled science. This is, this is analysis of data. It's, it's science based on the, the probabilities and the propensity for something to happen. It's not based on the science of what actually runs the cell and what allows it to function at optimal state. So, when getting uh, on with the discussion about the topic at hand, we have to move beyond nutrition, which is thousands of steps removed from cell nourishment. And I encourage people, for instance, just to Google um, a vitamin called cyanocobalamin, B12, and look at the structure of that molecule. The cobalt buried deep inside a chemical structure that's then buried deep inside the chemical structure of the plant or the animal that ate the plant. So how do we get to that B12, that cyanocobalamin? We have to have enzymes to break away, it's like chipping away the rock to get to the gold. Or if anybody's familiar with um, standard assaying techniques, if you were um, part of the gold rush 150 years ago, you took rocks into the assayer's office. And the assayer had to have all sorts of different chemicals and put that rock through a series of chemical reactions to find out if there was copper or there's gold or there's silver in that rock. So the body, too, has to go through a series of chemical reactions to get to the gold of the B12 or the B6 
or the chloride ion or the sodium ion or the amino acids. It's, it's nutrition, I say, is the gateway to cell nourishment, but it's thousands and thousands of enzymes removed from, from getting the cell what's, what it needs. And it's cell nourishment that is a key to health. So I'm sure yeah, we'll talk about cool. that more as the time goes on here tonight. It's awesome, baby! Woo-wee! Man, oh man, oh man. You made that so simple because, see, that's why I like. I, I, I really like it when when people can just tell their stories. I never never knew that you had a problem with your hearing, ever, ever. So, like, I'm just blown away. And then and then you said, who or where can you find someone who uses the word cure for hearing? Who's, who said they've had a cure for hearing loss? And you didn't say it went away, it got better, then it kind of went back. You said, now I can hear better out of the ear that was cured than the ear that I was not even worried about. And, That's correct. And, and, oh, man. And then the... So now, now I'm working on both ears. <laughs> now you're working on what? Both ears to, to, um, to continue to get it even better. You're gonna so look. You know your nickname is gonna be the Bionic Woman because that's what she has. She has the super hearing, the Bionic Woman. Oh shucks, now I gotta go find her real name and all that. We're gonna come up with a stage name and all now. I got it. I got it. I'm I'm I'm, I'm working on your brand right now. We're gonna make more money than Kevin Hart and all those people, Jeff Foxworthy. We're gonna make more money than all of them together. You know I'm a businessman. Um, <laughs> one thing that you did say that was very, very um, profound was a you, you, you analyzed a situation that I experienced and witnessed myself this weekend, and I was at an event, and I was with uh, some family members, friends and family for the whole weekend, and there was a baby who had a runny nose. And they had a, you know, just he, he just, you know, I mean, just kind of vulgar. You know, he had, he had a snotty nose. And we was like, you know, keep his feet covered up. You know, don't, you know, keep him from being outside. Da-da-da-da-da. And then um, I think it was, I think it was hyssop. Everybody, you know, the the other mothers there were telling this young mother, like, you know, the baby needs some hyssop. You know, right. And um, me myself, at times, people know that I'm a into food science, and I didn't want to be the food police, and I don't, and I did not know what hyssop did, so I couldn't say, "Don't give that baby no hyssop." Like if they just said, "Let me give him some, you know, some uh, kale wrap," I'd have been like, "Oh, wait a minute," but mm-hmm. I didn't know what hyssop did. Um, but I was like, "I'm not. I don't think that that's a cure." I think it could make the symptom go away. The runny nose could stop, but it won't attack and alleviate what's causing the runny nose from this baby. And for me, just inside, I said, runny nose means 
I'm not getting enough enzymes. Give me more enzymes. If you give me more enzymes, I will create my own first, second, and third line of defense. And, but I didn't want to be like, you know, what are you feeding this baby? Because I haven't finished, you know, my class enough to do prenatal or postnatal study. I think the baby was like nine months old. And then I heard somebody say, go to the store and get some cornstarch. And I just, oh, oh. And, and look, even you gasped. You weren't even there. Were you there? Because you just gasped. You just I, like, I wasn't oh. there. And I was like, I hope this cornstarch isn't for this baby. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I think I know somebody made a porridge um, for, for the house. They made a big bowl of porridge using cornstarch and some brown sugar and something like that. And I know when Dr. Nardi comes on, I'm going to ask him. I think it was some type of African porridge. So maybe I may ask him about it. He, he probably, you know, maybe far more better than I do about porridges because I don't, I don't like cream of wheat. I do grits, but that's it. I don't like oatmeal. I don't like cream of wheat. So when somebody says porridge, I just think of the three little bears, but I don't participate. And I was just like, man, this baby is at a disadvantage because he can't speak for himself. And then as I listened to his father talk during the weekend, I noticed that his father also had nasal and sinus issues. And I said, look over there. It's in the gene. It's in the gene. That's where he got that's where the baby got it from. And not it may not necessarily be about what the baby is consuming or not consuming, but the father has a nasal issue. And the father was sniffling and sneezing that weekend too. But the father had a handkerchief and he could blow his nose and he had, you know, as an older adult, me and you, Dr. Weinick, we're not gonna just let our nose be snotty. We're gonna blow our nose, we're gonna say excuse me or something like that. But the little baby, you know, probably if the baby could talk, you'd be like, man, look how y'all got me looking out here. Somebody do something, please. Somebody fix this. And so um, I really, that's why I said I'm encouraged that we have a science now that can help upgrade people's dynamics. And I think that you displayed a tremendous amount of humility because when you said you have listened to a listen to, to internet broadcasts and, and, and seminars, has it been like less than 10 or more than 10? How extensively have you done research and over your years in the field of, of, of medicine, you know, to hear the word cure? Like, could you like give me like a roundabout oh. number or guesstimate? How many seminars or webinars or actual you know, things that you went to yourself and had, and you said you've never heard anybody talking about the things you've heard in symptometry. I, I've been um, studying and going to seminars that really hasn't been Internet research per se, but um, I've been going to seminars for 35 years. And people are talking about symptom relief. If I would ask somebody at the functional medicine conferences, what what would you do for my hearing? They they wouldn't have an answer. What you would mean, you do for my atrial fibrillation? They wouldn't have an question. answer. 
You mean those, just those two questions, they wouldn't have an answer? That's correct. <laughs> wow. What would you do for my um, What would you do for my quadriplegia? They would not have an answer. Wow. So, yeah, there there wouldn't be an answer. Wow. Well, you know, I got to go get some of our other panel members. Me and you have chopped it up here. Don't go anywhere. I got to get everybody to get on their feet and put their hands together. He came down to uh, Matthews, North Carolina, drove all the way down to be a guest. Um, um, I, 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 I shared some of my time with, um, with him. I was just talking about family, village. I put a little bit of, a, little bit of astrology spin and timing and strategy, but I yielded about half an hour to this uh, symptometrist, to this scientist, to my mentor, to my friend, um, and he came in and rocked it. He had his AccuGrab down there, and he was just taking questions from the audience, and he was just keeping it so simple. It was just it was just brilliant to just hear him in front of a crowd like that taking questions and, like, giving them straight answers that they could take home with them. Please put your hands together for Dr. Charlie. It's awesome, baby! Good evening, Dr. Abbott. How are you feeling today, tonight? Oh, thank you, Coach. Good evening, Coach. Good evening, Dr. Wynick. Dr. Abbott. Oh, yeah, I, I see that the, the show has started out with a boom tonight, Coach. Oh, Dr. Wynick is in here with the, with the rocket fuel herself now. I, was, I told you, oh, she, yeah. she got the rocket fuel on. We're going past Venus tonight. All right. <laughs> so, um, Dr., uh, Dr. Abbott, you, I'm just going to throw you right in the fire, too, with the same question. You know, from the view that we're looking at it, is symptometry the new vegan or vegetarian diet? Like the vegetarians and the vegans, you were a former vegetarian yourself and maybe have experimented with the vegan diet. I, I'm, I'm not sure. And I definitely would like some clarity on what's the difference between a vegan and a vegetarian for the record. But I also want to know, you know, what were some of your reasons for changing your diet to a vegan and vegetarian, was it for an upgrade? Was it for a better standard of living and diet and your choice to start eating scientifically and living a scientific lifestyle? You know, you are a former vegetarian, you know, who's now, you know, eating lamb. You know, I, I, I've seen you eat some lamb. I, I know that you eat some a sardine stew. You know, I want to hear is symptometry the next diet? Is it the next stage in diet of evolution for the vegan and the vegetarians? Well, Coach, as a former vegan, vegetarian, and I had this, it was a step-by-step process because I started out as a vegetarian, and that was just me not consuming any animal flesh, anything that swimmed or walked or, or flew, uh, I would not consume it. And then, you know, as time went on and and my association with certain people um, became more involved, it was, okay, the next step was to become a vegan. And so that was no dairy or cheese or anything like that. So, you know, because there are 
some people who are vegetarians that consume dairy products or some that consume eggs, just all different types, lactose, vegetarians. So there, there are different levels to it. But for me, I was I wanted to go all the way and, and be, you know, basically what is called a, a purist at it, if you will. So I was consuming things, you know, tofu, you know, or as the, the, the Chinese call it, tofu. Um, these are, you know, that was a part of my, my dietary plan, and that was in some way really twisted to me because we were eating it as a meat substitute, <laughs> you know, so wanting to get away from meat, but at the same time using, you know, this tofu as the, the way in which to, still think that I was consuming meat with some type of flavor from bean curd. And ultimately, it it did get the best of me because it did not cure my illnesses. You know, with the chronic back pain and the sciatica that I had episode after episode of. And so for me, that was just, the you know, basically the next step. It also was my focus and, and dedication to what I would call spirituality because I know many people who are vegetarian, you know, think, okay, well, I don't eat meat, so that's not going to make my 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 spirit or my vibration very, very heavy. You know, it won't slow me down, so I want to be the lightest I can be. However, but once... Once you learn and understand the science, the human body needs all of the things that that the creator or ourselves have come together to do a specific job. So we can't just walk away from one part of ourselves based upon some idea that another group or someone else has come up with with a diet. And so I was a chaotic eater. And... At that point, I was a, a senior in college, and I remember just having sort of like dizzy spells. And, you know, at, at some point I was like, hey, I have to do something about this. And that's what started me on the path to being a vegetarian. But as you, as I explained earlier, that wasn't the, the cure for my illness. And then to go into Asian medicine and the other paradigms of health, they were only basically what I call, you know, stopgap solutions. Not that they can't help you, but even if a person does get symptom relief from it, not to be, not to know anything about scientific eating, but only eating for constitution or or patterns, you know, different patterns or or different organ systems. It would it would end up working for a short while, but only to return once again over and over. Because although the entire picture is there, the big picture is there in the Eastern philosophies and the Eastern medicines, but the the actual detail of getting to true health and explaining what a disease is. You know, I, I never heard about gout, 
leave the absences in stone and understand how the, those formations took place in the body and why they took place. It's, we talked about blockages and blood stagnation, but to actually know how to dissolve it, I was only introduced to that through symptometry. So for symptometry to be the next step vegan vegetarian diet, I say no because symptometry is going to constantly be evolving. It's constantly, there's more and more research that's being done so that instead of being stuck or using fragmented information, symptometry will step further so that ultimately we will be in disease-free bodies and have the template to help everybody else come along and cure their diseases. I mean, you heard Dr. Wanick give her story about how symptometry proved itself to her, and there are many, many people who can testify to that, that those you know similar facts or different stories, but nonetheless, truly success stories. And that is the route that we're going. I mean, so the vegetarian diet was a, a shift and a change from mostly someone's family's dietary system because, you know, it was, it was definitely needed. But I always ask this question. I'm still waiting for the 100-year-old healthy vegetarian to show up somewhere. And that's the, you know that that is a a testament to what the observations that we we make in symptometry and i could only make that assessment since i've been here i mean as long as i was doing you know being a vegetarian and being associated with vegetarianism that thought never really crossed my mind so therefore we need to be producing body and brain essentials and to produce brain essentials, you have to have certain nutrients. And some of those nutrients only come from meat. You can't get them from fruit and vegetables. And then even if you do get certain fruits and vegetables, you have to you have to be aware of the nutrient blockers and things like that. So that is my... Um, way of looking at it as far as does vegetarianism, veganism have a place in society. Now, I want to ask you about I want to ask you about what is this thing about 100 years old? What is it? I mean, it's People, you know, people get to around 70, 75, you know, and they say, hey, I've been here a long time. What is this, what is this, what is this thing about 75, I mean, living to 100? I mean, are there a lot of people in the world living to be 100? Are there some meat eaters living to be 100? I mean, are you saying that you can't find any statistical data of, a, you know, of a person living to be 100 years old? Like, what do you want to stick around to be 100? Some people may ask. You know, what's up with 100 years old? What's up with that? The longer you live, the, the more experience you have, the, 
the smarter you become because you, you, you gain experience. So we need to live longer so that we can learn more. And, you know, we think about, oh, 100 years old. Okay, why would I want to live to 100 years old? Why not? You know, that's that's a test for us to go forward and, and to say how much and how far we've come as human beings on this planet. So it's a, it's a great opportunity. And according to the uh, census record, records, the United States uh, census records from uh, 2012, there were over 70,000 centenarians, and that's people that were 100 years old or older in the United States. That, that, so, so there are a lot of people who are over 100 years old in the United States. We just don't hear much about it. But, but the problem is, is that are they ultimate, ultimately healthy? So, and that's our mission as Intometry is, is to have someone reach those grand years, but at the same time be healthy. Okay, 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 okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, hundred years old. Why not? I feel that too. Why not? The more I can learn, the more I can. For me, on a spiritual path the more I can work out. Because I know I came down here to have a physical experience. You know, I know I'm a spiritual being with this electromagnetic energy running around me so I can mature and grow. And the less, to me, I look at symptometry as helping my spirit grow. I, I, I look at it as a spiritual science because if you're helping me remove blockages, that's going to slow me down in my evolution as a spiritual being, then I don't want to participate in it. And I look at it, to me, that's the root of symptometry. You know, it's really just, you know, helping me, like you said, stick around longer so I can understand some of these things. Like Dr. Weinick sounds full of life. Dr. Weinick is like, ho, 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 I ain't going nowhere. This little mundane thing. Uh, you ain't going to just check me out, Kair. No, no, no. We're going to hang out. You know, I'm going to be here for a little while. There's things I got to do, th- things I want to find out about. So, And you sound like you have that same enthusiasm. And I got that same enthusiasm. And I got friends, you know, who have that same enthusiasm. And, you know, so at this time, I know he's probably sitting over there just biting at the bit right now. We got it all wet and, and ready right here, too. We're going to have to bring in, you know, we're going to have to bring in a couple of the more big guns. Right? <laughs> y'all better put y'all hands together for, they call him Uncle N. In the martial arts world, we call him Seafood Nardi. Black belt extraordinaire, 10th degree. Just just going around, kung, just Kung Fu healing them all. Kung Fu cure. We might call him, kung, he might have a new name called the Kung Fu Cure Master around here tonight on Coach K Radio. Um, he's known in many, many circles of, of the scientific, um, his scientific peers all around the world. He's been recognized. Um, the accolades are just on and on and on. Please put your hands together for Dr. Maxwell. It's awesome, baby. Good evening, good evening, good evening, Dr. Narty. Good evening, uh, good evening, Coach Kaye, good evening, Dr. Juanek, good evening, Dr. Abbott, and good evening to your audience. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Good evening. 
Dr. Nardi, I know you've been listening. I hope I got your ears burning over there. I hope you had at least take your pinky finger, your little finger, and put it in your ear and say, what am I hearing tonight? (laughs) I do my best, and that's why I came up with this topic, because most of the time when I say, are you ready? And you say, oh, I have the research for that. I have the research for that, Kyrie. Sure, I'm ready. Oh, I was doing, I was looking at it in 1997. Oh, yes, Kyrie. I was looking at that in 2006. Oh, I've all, oh, Kyrie, I got that information. So tonight I had to throw you a little, had to throw a slippery one to you. I had to throw you a a wet, wild, wild wild-caught salmon, you know, fresh out of the water, you know, and see see how you can uh, catch this one right here. And I asked the question, and I posed it. You know how I am sometimes. I say there's symptometry, the new vegan and vegetarian diet. Now, Dr. Abbott, I think he came at it brilliantly in saying no, that symptometry is constantly evolving. I think that Dr. Weinick came in brilliantly, brilliantly and said, you know, there are no, you know, there's no vegetarians talking about the word cure. What does the founder of symptometry have to say after listening to the first part of this show tonight about our particular topic? Do you think that symptometry is an evolution of where the human consciousness is headed through nutrition and care of the body on the cellular level, and moving forward even on the genetic level. What say you, sir? Uh, Well, it is official. And what I mean by official is the IRS is fully aware, and even the officials who interviewed me in, in Ohio, they said, we are setting the bar too high. I said, no, we are not setting the bar too high. The bar is supposed should have remained high in the first place. And they've been lowering the bar and lowering the bar and lowering the bar. And now we are having all kinds of problems, people with all kinds of problems. And even at the post office, you, you, are, you, are, you have male sorters who instead of putting uh, a package in the Greensboro bin to go to Greensboro, they put the package in the Philadelphia bin to go to Philadelphia. (laughs) You see, I said, no, we cannot, the bar has been lowered, and, and it's now time to raise the bar, and it's going to remain high, and that's it. And I will not step back and I will not allow anything that is not scientific get in our way in symptometry. Science is going to be the standard and that's it. What I heard earlier from Dr. Wanek and Dr. Abok, they are nothing but the truth. People have not come out because either they were not aware of it or because they did not have the full truth or they did not know how to go about it. And finally, symptometry has been able to put everything together and come forward with the information. 
This is why I said we are not going to lower the bar. The bar is going to remain high. In symptometry, the new vegetarian diet, we are not talking only about diet. When you talk about diet, you are too myopic, too narrow-minded, too narrow-minded. A human being is not only about diet. A human being is all-encompassing. You are an energy field. What does it mean? You are matter. What does it mean? And if you don't explore all these definitions, you don't put them to good use, you will never be able to cure diseases. Why are we the only people, the only field of therapeutics using the word cure? It is because we have the authority to use it. Who gave us the authority to use it? It is not the federal government that gave us the authority to use the word cure. It is the cells to result that gave us the authority to use the word cure. When you have, you have vegetarians who have uh, 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 fungus in their toenails, you have, they have fungus in their fingernails. They have a growth in their eye. And they cannot remove or they cannot normalize this condition. What is the purpose of a diet? A vertigo, and you are not able to reverse it. What is the purpose of a diet? You have an ulcer that is difficult to cure, that you have not been able to cure in six years, eight years, nine years, ten years. What is the purpose of a diet? It's not time to talk about an all-encompassing, all-embracing field of therapeutics that will take care of the entire human body so that we are healthy on all the seven fronts. This is why it is better to leave vegetarian diet, talk about the whole human being how the human being will be healthy. And not only for six days or seven days or one year, for 10 decades and still counting. That is our objective. Sometimes it's difficult, it's not, it's not easy to achieve these objectives because people have made so many mistakes and the cells are bent on punishing them for a little while. But if the cells yield, there will be a cure. There will be a person who was cured of multiple sclerosis and who will be a, a speaker at the, at, at the symposium on May 3rd. I heard that, oh, this is not curable. Oh, you have to be in a wheelchair. If this wheelchair is too hard for you, we can give you a softer one. If this, this, oh, if this one is, too, is manual, we can get you a motorized one. But you remain in the wheelchair until you die. We say no. We can do something about it. And the science we are using is second to none. So vegetarian diet, there is no room for vegetarian diet. And symptometry is not going to be the wave of the future as far as vegetarianism is concerned. 
If you are a natural-born vegetarian, like many Indians, fine. We will help you to remain healthy. We will help you. But symptometry is not going vegetarian. And it's not the future of vegetarians. If vegetarians want to have a better idea about cellular health, the better ditch this idea of vegetarianism and talk about cell nourishment. There are 19 steps to nourish the cells. 19. So don't say that you are just eating uh, healthy and with salad. Uh, I'm eating this. No. This past Sunday, we studied this in the class. There are viruses from plants. There are plant viruses. How will you get rid of these viruses? And there are viruses that cause tumors. There are viruses that cause tumors. And you say you want to be a vegetarian. Fine. How are you cooking your food? And then you, the next step will be what? Raw food eater. You eat raw food. Today we are not talking about raw foodists. Today we are talking about vegetarians. So basically that is what I wanted to add. Thank you. It's awesome, baby! Dr. Naughty, I heard you just say you refuse to lower the bar. Is that, did I hear you correctly? That is, that is, that is, uh, that is, uh, that is an accurate statement. It's correct. And me being an athlete, when I know that a bar it has been lowered that you want me to jump over or a task has been made easier, then I don't have to push myself or I don't have to work as hard to attain that particular goal. And I don't maximize what my full potential is. But when a bar is raised and I may try to jump it and knock the bar down or I may try to jump it again and touch the bar and the bar fall off. Or I maybe jump 15 times and every time I almost get over, but I continue to jump, that is going to make my body stronger. Yeah. It's going to make my resolve stronger. And it's going to, to me, it's going to send an energetic wave through the universe that I am a resilient body of energy. Would that be a, a correct assessment? That is correct because there must be motivation. And out of, motiva out of motivation comes creativity. And, we, and woven into creativity is ingenuity. You talk about ingenuity, the genius, the genius. The genius comes from what? It comes from the genes you have unlocked. You have unlocked the latent potential in these genes. It's three in one. You have motivation. That's why I said we are not going to lower the bar. You can cry. Go and cry. We don't care. The bar will remain at eight feet, period. If you are six feet, if you are five feet, find a way to jump that bar. Find a way. If you are going to use a pole vault or something, be creative and be motivated to jump 
and cross that bar. Ooh-wee. Dr. Narty, some people feel as if moderation is the key. If they don't make it over the bar, they say, well, look, I'm going to be moderate of my intake as a person who does not follow a cell nourishment and scientific lifestyle. Um, a vegetarian maybe even may say, well, I'm taking these items into my body moderately. So if I'm taking these things into my body moderately, then they then won't I achieve the same thing as you are? What what would you say to a person telling you that they only take in certain things in moderation? Well, you see, we live in a very interesting world. And people define moderation as eating it five times out of seven times a week. To them, that is moderation. It, it has become so... Uh, 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 so subjective that people are not taking moderation for granted. They don't even know what moderation means. They just want to satisfy their palate, their taste buds, and then to them, that is moderation. Five, taking something five times a week, that is not moderation. Then why, why don't you take it seven times a week, seven days a week? Why, why are you living at the other two? Moderation means once or twice a week. And you heard Dr. Wanek mention enzymes. You need enzymes. How are you producing these enzymes? Okay, if you are not producing enzymes, then allow your liver, allow your, your pancreas, produce enough enzymes to digest the small amount that you are consuming. This requires scientific eating. I use the word amount. Amount. You are going to match the amount with the enzymes. This is called scientific eating. I don't know, I don't care how you cut it, but where you are going to apply quantity and measurement to a process that is called science. So moderation, I don't want it to be subjective, but moderation goes with enzyme production. Thank you. Mm. Dr. Narty, also I noticed um, that some people um, in my observations have been associating vegeta vegetarianism with the continent of Africa as and in making it or insinuating that people of African descent will have a better lifestyle by choosing a vegetarian diet. And I said, well, what African tribe? You know, where in Africa do they have a village of vegetarians? 
And Thank the you. primary the primary answer <laughs> was some villages don't eat meat because meat is expensive. And so I exactly. asked them, I said, well, they may be vegetarians due to economic situations, but in a in a village or a country where there are not those, where they're not strapped for cash or strapped for whatever the currency is, is there an existing uh, vegetarian culture on the continent of Africa? Now, you, by blood and by birth, are from the continent yourself. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. And uh, I've traveled far and wide, even in my profession, even with uh, working with the United Nations, I've traveled far and wide, and uh, to say that the Africans who are vegetarians, it looks like uh, this is completely made up. This is completely made up. You know, to uh, Africans eat meat, they eat fish, they eat uh, cooked vegetables, and this idea of raw food even is coming is is foreign is foreign to Africa to have Africans who are vegetarians that is rare it is it is Africans who became vegetarians here in the United States who went back to Africa to introduce vegetarianism and even that that does not sit well with many people it does not sit well with many Africans Therefore, the idea that uh, 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 you can equate, uh, you, you can e- equate uh, vegetarianism with Africa, that is not true. I just want you to show me one native African who is a born vegetarian, father vegetarian, mother vegetarian, the, the whole family is vegetarian. I want you to show me one. And if you like, I can give you 300 years to look for that one. Um, three hundred years to look for one family. So you, so you're looking for a father and mother, and you're looking for the grandmother and the great grandmothers to be vegetarian for three generations. That's correct. That's correct. Like like the like the like the Indians, where you have a whole a whole tribe, a whole village. I mean, uh, uh, generations upon generations of uh, of vegetarians. I said, show me one from so, from 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 Egypt all the way to South Africa, and from West Africa all the way to East Africa. Show me one. And we and in your research and your travels extensively, I mean, how old were you before you left the continent of Africa? I left the continent of Africa when I was 30, 37. So for 37 years, you didn't run into any family of vegetarians? No, no, no. And besides, you know, we went to, we went to, we went to the Sahara, uh, the, those places that were uh, where the, where the locust, where the locust uh, caused widespread famine after, after, feeding on the sorghum, barley, and corn. I mean, they, they called the crops were devastated. And they did not eat meat because they could not afford it. 
the, the cattle were there and the cattle were so emaciated and uh, even when they slaughtered them when they slaughtered them, what, 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 what were you what was in there for you to eat i mean a diseased cattle that was slaughtered what are you no 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 i mean some 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 of these uh, mauritanians you know the mauritania mauritania is close to the sahara you know niger and uh, uh, burkina faso we went to all these countries and uh, they did not eat meat not because uh, they were vegetarians. They could not afford it. And secondly, their cattle were diseased. They were sick. Wow. On the, on the, in the south, you have the Kalari des- Desert with the Bushmen. Uh, I mean, they were, they were, they were hunters and gardeners, and they, they, they were also eating meat. They were killing, they were getting a, 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 a desert, desert squirrels, you know, and desert lizards. This, this is meat. Hmm. It now, is Americans who came here, who lived here, and went back to Liberia, and went back to Ghana, and all that, who introduced vegetarianism. And even there, some of their children are not vegetarians. Hmm. And in some of the commentary on the social media, which is not a scientific site, uh, some said that the meat, the reason, the reason that Africans ate meat because the meat was drug-free. The Africans that did eat meat were drug-free. And so the reason that African-Americans have adopted vegetarianism in the United States is in order to combat the high rise of steroid filled meat. Do you think that is a valid reason why people have accepted the diet and but reject scientific discovery like lamb is not a drug meat and free range meat um, are safe to eat. Um, and I know you've heard about, you know, our teeth are not meant, our, our original teeth were not meant to tear flesh. What do you, what do you have to say about that? Who said our original teeth were not meant to, to, to tear flesh? Who said it? Who said it? I mean, you see, Africa is the cradle of human civilization. When they started eating meat, why was it that, why, 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 why did our ancestors start eating meat? Why? Because some of them were dying of diarrhea, dysentery, after eating certain plants. And then they became scavengers after the lions had, had, had fed on, 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 on the, on, uh, on their kill, on their prey, and they left. Our ancestors went there, and they got, and luckily enough, a few of them knew how to, how to produce fire. This was how they started roasting. And they, once, the, once the meat was, roast, was roasted, what did they do? That was how they ate. Our teeth were not meant for, for, for tearing meat. What kind of science is that? 
all sociology is well, I mean, has, has all this well documented. They ate grains and they also ate meat. Were they omnivorous? Were they eating uh, 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 berries, vegetables, fruits, legumes, and all that? Legumes, they had to cook them and with, the, with, the, with, with fire, with the advent of fire and clay. And clay pots, they did not have a, a mineral pots. And clay pots, well, they started cooking. These steroids, these steroids started with industrialization. Steroids started with industrialization. How many, how, 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 many, how much meat can we produce to feed the population? And what are we going to do in order to help the cattle, the pigs, and so on and so forth, to withstand all these diseases? What are we going to do? This was what brought in antibiotics, and then you have to increase their, 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 you have to increase their size. This is what brought in steroids, and so on and so forth. Yes, in certain parts of Africa today, there are uh, uh, steroid-free cattle, steroid-free uh, uh, domesticated animals. Fine, but I am telling you that the, some of these some of these animals are stricken by diseases. They are stricken by diseases. So I am not here to glorify Africa. I'm here to tell the truth about what I saw and what continues to prevail. Dr. Nardi, the, the vegan contends that if the food is cooked, then the enzymes are destroyed. Well, they have to learn more. And now we have the American School of Symptometry. Let them come and learn more. That's we don't need, we don't need, we don't need most of the enzymes of the plants. The plants have to survive and they have to learn to produce their own enzymes. We also, as humans, we have to learn to produce our own enzymes. We know how to, put, to make enzymes. We know how to build enzyme templates. We know how to produce activating energy for our enzymes. If you know how to do this as a human being, well, you, know, you, you only eat plants for their nutrients. For the micro, for, for the macro molecules, the big molecules, you eat plants only for their nutrients, not for their enzymes. Mm. Whew. Man, oh man. We got to open up the call in line. The number 347-205-9089. 347-205-9089. You are on live and direct with Coach Kair. Coach K Radio, Dr. Maxwell Nardi, Dr. Charlie Abbott, and the illustrious Dr. Elizabeth Weinick. Please call in if you have any questions. If you uh, would like to um, just 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 have a comment on anything that you have gathered tonight, anything that you have picked up, any type of amendment that you have 
decided that you're going to make moving forward in your own lifestyle, not just a diet, but the complete lifestyle, please dial in and press 1-347-205-9089. Whew, Dr. Weinick, you see what you got started tonight? I see I'm going to have to bring you on first more often. Exactly. <laughs> the lively discussion. Wow. This is this is yeah, this one has been this is this this has been amazing. Doctor uh Doctor Abbott, your thoughts on any of the um things that you heard tonight or Doctor Winer, anything that you heard, I know that both of you still get jewels from Doctor Nardi, you know, on the show, even though you talk to him regularly in class. Was there anything that either one of you picked up tonight that kind of stood out? Well, for me, I think it's that there there are many ways to accomplish whatever it is that someone's looking for. But if a person wants to be optimally healthy, then we have to pay attention to what nourishes the cells. And we're talking about cell nourishment, which, as Dr. Nardi said, isn't just about food, but it's about a lifestyle and about understanding uh, what not only what I put on my mouth, but the environment in which I live. And that includes things that go in my skin, um, things that I get exposed to when I walk down the street, um, things that I am exposed to in the air that I breathe or in the, the radiation that's coming from things that I'm exposed to. So it's a, it's a lifestyle. And tr- treating and curing disease at the cellular level is, is, is not symptom release. It's not doing this for that and doing something else for that. It's, it's, it's about everything. It's a complete lifestyle. And I think that's an important takeaway for people who are listening uh, to the show that if a person wants to make choices for their own health, then we have to look at what makes cells healthy. And the hits just keep on coming. Mm, 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 mm. Dr. Abbott, your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are that all of this information that has been heard on here tonight, you can only get it from one place and that is the American School of Symptometry. And, you know, um, again, on May 3rd, this Saturday, May 3rd, we're going to have our fourth symposium in Greensboro um, at the uh, Nanoscience and uh, Nanoengineering School over on East Lee Street. It'll start at 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. And just for those people who are excited and who listen to this show quite often, just bring your friends, family members. And I know we have people that are traveling from long distances away. But, um, you know, symptometry is always bringing something new to the forefront. So, again, these conversations that stimulate, as Dr. Nardi said, the creativity, 
uh, to come out because, you know, the the information is just there and, it, and it's brought and put in, in very simple terms. And so what I get out of that is that always be ready to learn something new when you tune in. Hmm. Now, I, I, we do have a call, 585. I'm getting ready to come to you just one moment. Uh, but I want to ask Dr. Um, Dr. Abbott, you can't keep your topic a secret, too. If Dr. Wynick gave us a, just, a, just a little hint, just a little hint of what she's going to be sharing on May the 3rd, you're going to have to just, you know, at least, you know, uh, pull back the curtain a little bit and let us know what uh, what you're working on. Well, Coach, it, it'll all be related to the things that we we do and how we destroy our, our DNA, the way in which our behaviors, our lifestyles, and the things that we are exposed to, the things that we consume, how they interact once we come in contact with them. And... And in a way to understand and to steer clear of, of such obstacles as much as possible, because you never know what you'll be exposed to, even when it may seem like something that is something very minute or minor. But the smallest things can make the largest difference. So. This is this will be a great lineup for all the topics that will be discussed, and um, I'm really looking forward to uh, presenting the information. So, as far as um, you know, the life of a centometrist, you know, brings on you know many many challenges. So, between now and May third. We'll just have to wait and see what comes out. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, Dr. Nardi, do you want to give us a preview of uh, what you'll be presenting on May 3rd in Greensboro? Oh, well, um, I'll be discussing, uh, I'll be the the keynote speaker. I'll be discussing um, uh, freeing, freeing freeing the trapped mind freeing the trapped mind. Uh, so many people are moving around, walking around with a trapped mind and uh, how they, what they can do, what they can do uh, to free their mind so that they will be themselves and then they will be free to think uh, like, uh, if they cannot think like geniuses, at least they'll be very creative in their thoughts. So that is what I will be I will be discussing because too many people are trapped in their habits, very bad habits. As if they, if you ask them, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Well, we all we all have to die some way. But how this this way this is the way I know I'm going to die. Well, what about the way you are going to die? Well, you find out the way you are going to die. And so on. you see all kinds of trapped minds are just walking around like zombies, you know, and. Uh, we have to do something about it, and that's what I'll be discussing. Thank you. Are you gonna Are you gonna tell us how we got to be trapped? You don't have to give it to us right now, but are you gonna like give us some of the ways that people's minds are like op- operating in a zombie-like state on May the third? 
Yes, yes, I will be, I will be doing that. I will be doing that. And, uh, um, uh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to put some people down, but uh, there are some people who are well dressed, sharply dressed, but uh, their mind is not screwed well at all. You know, so these are very simple examples that I'm going to bring to the attention of the of the general public. You see, and uh, it's it's about time now that we did things right. And you have children, you have children because of the kind of food they were. They, 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 they are always served for breakfast or for lunch or for dinner, you know, who, have, who are rising up against their, their parents and they are hurting their parents. And you have parents who are hurting their children because, you know, I think we can do better. And uh, that's what we'll, we'll be discussing on May 3rd. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to be on the front row. I'm going to be right there. Um, let me open up the lines. The call-in number is 347-205-9089. We're um, taking live callers tonight. Please call in, press 1, turn your speakers down. We'd be glad to hear from you. Call in from the 585-362. It's awesome, baby! The microphone is wide open. Thank you for joining Coach K Radio tonight and my esteemed panel. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? See from Rochester, New York. Hello, I see you. And the hits just keep on coming. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I just wanted to give a shout-out to um, Dr. Nardi and Dr. Abbott for tonight. Everything um, that I could have thought to ask was answered tonight. And... Dr. Abbott said something uh, off the air um, that really touched me, and he said that this isn't a one-shot thing. It's something that you need to continue to work on, and I think Dr. Nardi added um, on to that in that it's not just a diet change. It's a complete lifestyle change, and I think that was something that I needed to hear um, because I had a lot of struggles, you know, with food and recognizing that it's not just about what I'm eating per se, but it's about my lifestyle in general and how, uh, Tyre, you spoke about how that adds to our spiritual process as well. So I just want to thank all of you guys tonight because it just really made it hit home for me and made it less... um, I guess less work, less mental work and more spiritual work, and that's how I vibrate. I can do spiritual work. Mental work I suck at, but spiritual work I can do. So you guys just really, really um, helped me out a lot tonight, and I appreciate it. You are amongst family and I know Dr. Nardi was listening in between the lines, and when he heard you say you're good at the spiritual, but uh, I suck at the mental, he wants you to be good at everything. Ain't that right, Dr. Nardi? Right. That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. Yes. Right. I, I, I that's why I see I said we are, we are going to keep the bar high so that you keep jumping and jumping and jumping until you, you, you jump it, okay? Yes, sir. 
you know, because I was looking at the list and I was overthinking it, and I asked Kyir, well, what type of blender is that? And I'm just making it so much difficult than it had to be. And I was stressed out. And I'm like, I have I have no idea what type of blender this is. Do I have to get it online? And Kyir said, no, you probably have one already. And I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> and I just, you know, I just overwhelmed myself, and I just kind of, you know, gave up and made some green beans that Kyrie yelled at me about, you know. So I, <laughs> so you know, I just really thank, you know, you guys for tonight. It really, it really, just, yeah, from the bottom of my heart. Uh, yeah. Okay, thank well, you. Wow, that's cool. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. If we, well, I was going to say, if we just change one life, now nah, we change multiple lives um, every time that we come on here and just do what we do and be ourselves. Um, all of these shows are unrehearsed, unrehearsed. I just love, you know, that's the, it's the spontaneity. I think, now this is just my public, I mean, this is just my personal opinion, Dr. Weinick and Dr. Abbott. I think Dr. Nardi is using me to set, set y'all up to test y'all's creativity. I don't know. This may be a part of a symptometry exam. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm not sure because he knows I'm a, he knows I'm a Riley cagey type of person and I could come up with a topic at any time. He likes to go last and hear, hear it. What do you think, Dr. Weinick? Do you think Dr. Nardi would be the type of person who will test your creativity, <laughs> your ingenuity? Oh, always. <laughs> yeah, always. Everything is an opportunity to be creative. Mm. So it's not just the radio show, but in, in, in oh, so, oh, daily so he life. Does, he, does, he does this off the air, too. Yes, everything is an opportunity for creativity. Okay, okay, okay. For sure. <laughs> Doc, Doc, uh, Dr. Abbott, I heard you over there giggling too, because you can hear how he's laughing himself. He's not even saying that. He just, he just got this little chuckle about himself. It's giving off a certain energy. What, what do you have to say about that? Well, you, Coach, it's, it's, it's like you know, it's the sandpaper all the time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so it's, it's, it's always about smoothing you out, and and that's really good because it's, you know, the thing about the American School of Symptometry, and I have to speak on it, is is that it's really about helping us become better people all around. And and as uh, as you said, Dr. Lonnie said, Dr. Nardi spoke of, it's about being creative. And and in any conversation that that I've I've had with Dr. Nardi, that's that's usually been the the emphasis of it, even in just a you know basic conversation, there's always some type of thought or a way to come away from the, the conversation where there's something new that has been learned. And I, and I find myself, I used to say it to him all, all the time. I was like, wow, I just learned something new again. And he, his response is, well, you're a human being, <laughs> you know, so that's what's supposed to happen. So, you know, so, yes, the answer to your question is yes. That is, that is, that, that is funny that, 
I think that may be a part of Dr. Dr. Nardi's uh, uh, presentation on May the 3rd about how we as human beings, we forget sometimes that a human being is supposed to keep learning something. So when we learn something new and we get all surprised, we'd be like, oh, 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 wow, I learned something new. You know, like our cup was at one time so full we didn't have to learn anything else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, and, and I think and you know, you know the interesting thing about it is is that it it goes both ways though, because he's always open to pick something up from anybody else. So it's it's not like it's, he's always testing you. He's like going through the same process. So that's why symptomatology is so, so so amazing. Wow. Now, Dr. Nard. I have, I have, I have, I have always, you see, you know, one thing, one thing with me is, um, I don't want you to repeat what I've said, but I want you to come up with a genial way of expressing the thought with, from a totally different perspective, and this time adding a new dimension. And once you do this, I mean, you have credit. You see, I, I, I have seen this several times with Dr. Warneck. I've seen it several times with Dr. Abbott. And I'm beginning to see this even so with uh, the, the, the students who soon, be, who soon become PLS. You see, and I know it is, it is, it is, it is, that, that is a big paradigm shift. You know, you know, look at the way we were, look at the way we, we were we were taught, you know, how to take exams, you know, uh, multiple choice and all that, you know, and uh, we we departed from that, and we are now in the in the creative field, and to see to see uh, these doctors who are doing so well, and then uh, who also bring out the best in me, and uh, you know, uh, it, it makes me sometimes feel like break dancing, you know. <laughs> Where's my yeah, sound? That was a film, man. It's awesome, baby. I don't know if anybody caught that, but because Doctor Nardi does have an accent, but he said it makes him feel like breakdancing. So I just wanted to go on the record, you know. Now I want to see that, right? <laughs> I want to. I mean, I don't. I mean, good. I, I told you that's that, that's the astrology coming back in too. Uh, Dr. Weinick, you know, similar energies, you know, kick off like that. And Dr. Nardi has the same birthday as Kanye West. So he's oh, yeah? He's mm-hmm. nothing but a rebel. He's, Kanye West is from Chicago. Dr. Abbott stays in Chicago. They got the same <laughs> birthday. You can't contain either one of them. They always push the June, 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 June 8th? June 8th? Kanye West. Kanye West, Maxwell Nardi, June 8th. <laughs> I ain't even going okay. to. I mean, that right there in itself. I could do a whole. I mean, you know me. I could go get three people, and we'll go do your whole birthday, put you and Kanye side by side, and we'll show you <laughs> the similarities now. We, ain't gonna, we only got eight more minutes on this show, so you you caught me in a, in a squeeze for time. I ain't going to do you like that tonight, but you know. If I if I'd said we already looked at it, we looked at it offline. We just didn't tell you we looked at it. 
Yeah, so look at this right here. Look at these guys. Like we can't even call y'all reincarnations because we, you all, are forcing us to go back in history and find the older version, the 1700 version of the June 8th, to see where you two come from. Because you're doing it with the science, and he's doing it with the music and the art and the fashion. That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. And and neither one of you will hold your tongue. Y'all won't lower the bar. You know, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to – all we can do with, with both of y'all is just love you. That's all. I have come to the conclusion. I might as well just love you and leave y'all alone because you two Geminis, boy, 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 I don't know what the world – I don't know if the world is ready. If I, if, y'all, if I can get both of y'all in the same room, that will really, really be what I'm looking forward to. Just, just for a little while. I don't even want y'all to talk. I just want y'all to stand on opposite sides of the room and see which one going to get the most attention, Dr. Wynick. What do you think, Dr. Wynick? Who you, who you going to vote for in that in that competition? You go into the room and Dr. Nardi is on one side not, and Kanye West is on the other. What do you think is going to happen? I think that it would be a very interesting conversation. <laughs> But I think that uh, Dr. Nardi would um, he he would he would definitely take a, a direction and a, be a, be more grounded than Kanye's contributions. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get Kanye to call Dr. Nardi, at least come over to the office and get his consultation because he likes to get in a lot of fights. So um, mm-hmm. I need um, Dr. Nardi, can you can you help him out if I can get him over there? Can you help him out with uh, so he'll stop so he'll stop putting people oh, in yeah. the head? Oh, yeah. yeah, but the problem is that he should not come to the office if it's a whole entourage and then, uh, and then it'll be a big distraction. <laughs> okay. He got he to gotta come by himself. That's right. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna work on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna see can I call his publicist or something see can we make something happen. Um, you know I already went over here and look. You got um you got John Rivers too. John Rivers is a June the eighth. Um, oh yeah. You got to go, go a little bit. Back, I got to go back in this dig a little further. I don't even some of these others. I got to go look up there. Uh, Lindsey Davenport, uh, another great athlete. There's a lot of y'all, uh, Andrew Well. Woo, I see. Okay, I don't want to, y'all don't get me off track right here. Um, I just want to thank you all so much tonight for coming in and contributing to this conversation, as we always do. Um, I am just full as a tick over here. I'm just full as a little baby Buddha. I had some uh, fresh handmade biscuits tonight, too. So my my little belly is just I'm just on top of the world right now. Just got my scientific eating done myself. I'm feeling very accomplished about tonight's show. Looking forward to listening to it. Also looking forward to going back doing my homework um, and and going back over my um, my class for the six month symptometry health health certification course as well. I'd also encourage everyone listening to the show on the download and live to go over to symptometry.com as well as the American School of Symptometry.org 
and click on the six-month course and sign up. I mean, really, just so you can be a beacon of light when you go places. When you go places and you notice that people are doing things that just a little adjustment could make a big difference in their life. You could be that person in your family. It's not even a two-year course or a four-year course. Just six months, every twice a month, coming in and meeting on Sundays with Dr. Nardi, Dr. Wynick, Dr. Uh, Abbott via telephone. I promise you, you will gain so much for yourself and for your family that it will just change your life forever. You know, and, and it'll make and it'll make your a lot more simplified. You know, we don't have to have things as complex as we try to make them. So I encourage everyone who is listening, who is not already a student of the American School of Symptometry, to try out the six-month course. I mean, just just see what's going on, man, and just come on in. As Dr. Whitey said at the beginning of the show, it can't hurt me. She said the most profound. She said it can't hurt me. I'm losing hearing in the ear. What else can happen? It can't hurt me. And um, lo and behold, it took her to new heights, and now she's working on both ears and probably a plethora of other things. And she started to make even a greater difference in her community as well with her clients and her family as well. So I encourage each and every one of you to join the movement, man. Come on over, advance your lifestyle, and we look forward to seeing you. If you need to get in contact with um, Symptometry Headquarters, the phone number is 708 to the website, symptometry.com, and request an appointment for a consultation. Also, you can get in contact with Dr. Wynick. Dr. Wynick, please, number, please. 336-545-1020. Dr. Location, and we're going to... Keep on keep our hands in the Buddha palm position at the heart and pray that Dr. Wynick comes up with a smashing website um, in the next 12 months. <laughs> and I'm Dr. working on that. I definitely am. It's close. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. My prayer is answered. And Dr. Abbott, will you please give out your contact information as well for our listening audience to get in contact with you? Sure. Three three six four five six nine one eight three. Right. And they also can reach you at your website, www.symptometryofnc.org. Dot com. Oh, dot com. All right, symptometryofnc.com. If anyone needs to get in contact with Coach Kyer, please visit coachkyer.com and leave me a note. You can request an appointment. Uh, if you'd like to get an astrological consultation, a strategic astrological consultation, please check out CoachKAstrology.info. And I look forward to talking to you in two more weeks. Thank you, everybody, for joining me, and I wish you all a good night and adieu. Peace. Thank you.
matter how you say it It only matters what you do Each day, please take the time To tell someone that you 